Hello, Precision Insight podcast listeners. This is your host, Dave Wolf uh, with Genexus Healthcare Systems. I'm thrilled to take you on another journey related to precision medicine. In today's episode, our guest for this journey is Dr. Asha Pai Bohanan. Welcome, Dr. Asha. Thank you so much, Dave. I'm honored to be on the podcast with you. And to start off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and kind of your journey, if you could? Yes, thank you. Um, I'm a pharmacist business coach. I am the owner of my own holistic wellness practice, an entrepreneur, and I'm the mom of two amazing boys, three if you count my husband. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But years ago, I started my own holistic wellness practice called Patient Advocacy Initiative, or PI Wellness Group, with an idea of an East meets West approach to diabetes management and personalized healthcare. I'm also a certified diabetes care and education specialist and a certified personal trainer. And honestly, my mission has always been to make an impact in my patients' lives by walking alongside of them on their journey, um, their health journeys. And so um, what's also come out of that is an additional passion of helping other pharmacists actually blaze the trail to create and start their own wellness practices allowing them to make the impact in the world that they want to have, as well as really coming up with their own dream lives. And then more recently, my latest exciting news is I've partnered with Dr. Sean Bjorndahl in co-founding a company called PGX Ally. This um, initiative is to really bring PGX, MTM, and entrepreneurship to a whole new level. Sounds fantastic. You've got, you've got your plate full. Tell me a little bit of, I hear the term holistic. You know, it's a very different approach. I, I think it's the right approach from my perspective, but how do you define that? And what makes your wellness practice different than a traditional pharmacist consultant? Yeah, so holistic to me is really looking at a 360 degree perspective of each patient that walks through the door. Um, so really looking at, um, I created a process called the seven steps to harmony and harmony is an acronym to kind of go through all of the different things in a patient's life, starting with health history. Because I think what we kind of fail to look at a lot of times is digging deep into uh, family history, past medical history of the particular patient, um, and then look, analyzing what, they're, what they've already done, what they're already taking. So their medication profile, supplements. So supplements are a big thing these days. And we tend to forget those when we look at a medication regimen. It's not just about prescription. It's about supplements as well. And then we go through nutrition, physical fitness, um, or activity, hydration, sleep, all the internal things that are going on, the stress, the chronic inflammation, all of those, uh, those are opportunities for us to look at how can we shape a patient's life, not just through medications, but looking at what's causing a lot of these issues to begin with. So you're looking at that individual patient rather than the 80-20 rule for diagnosing and treating big patient populations. So Tell me a little bit more about, you know, what are some, what's some of the data that you look for when you're talking with this patient? Yeah. So a lot of it is about listening, right? So we listen to all the different things that are going on with the patient you're listening to. You usually somebody comes to you, comes to me and says, Hey, I've been diagnosed with either pre-diabetes or type two diabetes. And that's the beginning, right? And so to me, a lot of times what happens is due to the guidelines that are set, the number of medications or prescriptions that are available to diabetes patients, it's not really rare to see a whole uh, patients running into what we call polypharmacy at the very beginning of diagnosis. 
because that's usually the first thing that people think of is I need to get on a prescription or they're prescribed something. I like to call it the pill popping frenzy, to be honest with you. (laughs) So I see these patients, they come in, they have a lot of emotions. They're not really knowing what to do. They just got diagnosed with uh, whatever it is. But for my patient population, it's usually diabetes. And they've been prescribed these medications and they are told right out the gate to go ahead and make an appointment for three to four months later with no guidance except for to take these medications. And so these emotions are coming up. So we've got to deal with that. And then we need to dive into what's happened up to this point. That's where the health history comes in. Um, Do you have a family history? What kind of nutrition have you been doing? What have you been guided on up to this point in your life? And what habits and lifestyle changes can we make to kind of bring down, bring it down and maybe be on the least amount of medications possible? The pill popping frenzy. I love that term. <laughs> so, so part of what you're looking at is taking all those different patient factors, I'm going to call them, environmental, health history, the medications they're currently on, the ones that they could potentially be put on. How did your patients find out about you? Um, a lot of times they're, they're searching for me online. Um, well, not for me particularly, but they're looking for diabetes education management. So looking for different types of practitioners in the area in particular. But I think nowadays we can reach so much further with the way that we can do telehealth. We can do things on Zoom or whatever uh, the modality is. But it's really looking for other answers. I think more people are looking for other answers than just take this prescription. Um, and I think there's a, there's a missing piece as I've gone through my healthcare journey and my professional journey, I was a, a retail pharmacist for close to about 15 years full time. And then I just felt like I was feeding people's illnesses all the time. And it was very hard for me across the counter to be able to create that impact that I wanted to have. And, and it was just, you know, here's this prescription, here are the side effects, or potential side effects, here is how you take it. And it was very difficult for me to be able to talk to people about, you know, these other aspects of their life and what could be causing some of this in the the background and how we could deal with that together. And so it's kind of that continuity of care, right? So we, as pharmacists, I remember back in pharmacy school, we learned the concept of pharmaceutical care. And to me, what still rings out in my mind is that definition, it's patient-centered, it's outcomes-oriented pharmacy practice. It's really utilizing the pharmacist to work with the patient and the other healthcare providers to promote health, but most importantly, to prevent disease and then to really assess the medication regimen. So to really make sure that they've got the right right drug to the right patient in the right order um, and for the right reason. And I think that's, that's what always brings me back to We've got to look at all these different things that are affecting this individual patient. And it's really about the personalized, customized care. Absolutely. The other thing you and I've talked about is patient empowerment. Mm-hmm. You know, part of a lot of what you do is spend time with the, the patient, you know, teaching them about the diagnosis, mm-hmm. giving them tips to possibly unrelated to pharmacy, how to, how to improve their health or a condition at the time. Talk to me about some of the tools you use, the kind of the learning tools you use with these patients. And ultimately, I want to hear a success story. You know, Absolutely. how you made that, it's so rewarding to have that impact on a patient. Tell me about that. 
Yeah, absolutely. For me, there's a lot of different tools that they're available to us to use. The, the first thing I'm going to say is really listening to these patients and listening to what their concerns are. The second thing is actually going through and looking at what those are and what tools are available. So the first thing is after looking at their health history, I look at their medication regimen. And when I say medications, I mean prescriptions, supplements, over-the-counters, whatever it is that they are putting into their body, that can be the form of a supplement or prescription. And I use a tool with um, PGX. So precision prescribing is really, really important. And so I've done this in the past for so many years of really going through those reports and looking through what is the best thing for this particular patient. So that's one tool that I like to use. The second tool is to look at, you know, medication management. So looking at what are these different things, the drug-drug interactions, the drug-disease interactions, cost-effectiveness, what can we do to really hone in on this medication regimen that it's not just guideline-based. I think like you were just saying, the 80-20 rule, it's, it, there's no more 80-20. We, can, we have enough resources at our fingertips to be able to make this a less trial and error kind of situation for each patient. And then digging into, like I said, the name of my practice is the Patient Advocacy Initiative for that reason. It's to really help people get away from what I like to call Dr. Google and just finding random information out there. There's so much. We're just inundated with information. And I like to call it infobesity, if you will. So, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we talk about health and obesity and, and overweight and all this stuff. But infobesity is just as, I think, detrimental to us because we always go after the next shiny object. And what is the latest and greatest thing that's out there according to social media or the media in general, right? And so really talking to somebody, um, a healthcare professional that knows how to kind of sift through that information for you is really important. So I think there's just so many tools, there's so many people out there. And I'm, like I said, I really wanna blaze a trail in the world of pharmacy to be able to have more patient advocates out there looking to help people find the right information for them. I love some of the terms you use, the, uh, what's it, info? Infobesity. Yeah. Infobesity. I'm going to write that one down. That's fantastic. <laughs> a lot of these patients that come to you, you know, may have been on medications for a while and maybe haven't been getting the A1C results that they're looking for. Your holistic approach, you know, looks at lifestyle, diet, exercise, et cetera. Give me some examples of where you found some drug interactions, you know, Hey, you really shouldn't be taking this medication because it does interact with that one. Or maybe it's the timing of the day that they take it. I mean, that's yeah. some of the opportunities you have through your conversations because you have time with the patients now okay. to practice pharmacy and do the, the patient interaction that you're looking for when we all became pharmacists in the beginning, instead of just getting the next script out. Oh, absolutely. I still remember the day I graduated. I thought I was going to be, you know, the most clinical community pharmacist out there. And of course that all got squashed, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that I'm in a place for the last uh, six, seven years that I have been able to, to practice this way. But um, I've got a couple of different stories for you. So I'll tell you one from uh, initial diagnosis and then one from somebody who had been on, you know, polypharmacy, we'll just call it polypharmacy for, for all intents and purposes. But uh, so somebody had come to me uh, initially diagnosed with type two diabetes, a fairly high A1C, and she was just given a prescri prescription for 2000 milligrams of metformin and said to come back in four months. 
And I was appalled. She had contacted me. She did a consult, initial consult. And the first thing I said was, I'm not here. I can't, I'm not going to change anything. I'm not going to, we're going to talk through what the different aspects of our diabetes care is all about. But I was, her, my face alone on the Zoom, I think showed her that the 2000 milligrams initial starting dose of metformin was just outrageous. And so at that point, she was like, I'm working with you, whatever it is, I'm working with you. You clearly have the knowledge base on this kind of stuff. So we started working together and we started going through all of these different pieces to the seven steps to harmony that I had mentioned. And we started working, honing in on her nutrition, her physical activity. As I said, I'm a certified personal trainer. So I created a plan specific to her that she was able to do. And we had worked together for three months and I, I worked with her all the way until she got her next day one C to after talking to the doctor, we did talk to the physician and we started around 500 milligrams versus the 2000 milligrams of metformin. And within three months, her A1C dropped drastically and she felt amazing. And she was starting to lose weight that she wanted to lose. It was just the best, the best thing since sliced bread in my opinion <laughs> to watch yeah. that happen. So that's an initial diagnosis. And then I, I'll share with you I have a particular patient in mind where she was on 15 different prescriptions. She had been a diabetic for 15 years or so, and she started to get a lot of different side effects. So as she had started to age her, you know, her symptoms and her side effects started to come Well, it was really difficult to get the physician to get on board with having me come and talk about this. So I'm just going to go ahead and talk about the white, the, the elephant in the room, so to speak, but it was difficult to get the, the physician on board. And so I really did just a thorough look at, we did a PGX profile. We looked at her, the drug gene interactions. We looked at the side effects and I pretty much just did a recommendation report based off of the, the genes, the medication profile, the side effects that were possible, and then provided that research back report to the physician. And we got a, a few changes made. We worked, started working together with a physician and 10 years later. So I still keep in touch with her. She feels like a million bucks and she feels better than she did 10 years ago because we were able to really hone in and drill down what was right for her and her body. It was not a, it's not a one size fits all. And that's the, the, the point that I always like to make when I have these conversations is that there's no one size fits all. And it's about customizing and personalizing that care. And I understand that there's very little time in our healthcare system at this point to be able to do that. And that's why I really want to help other people, other healthcare practitioners get into walking on that journey. And alongside of these patients, the continuity of care is so important and that that's what we need to be doing more of. Absolutely. So you said there was a little bit of pushback from the physician. Mm -hmm. What was her response when you brought that evidence-based data to her? And so just having the initial conversation was where the pushback was. But when I was able to bring her that evidence-based recommendations, the, the feedback, the, the reports, I mean, it was a completely different response, completely different conversation when I was able to just show the data, show the information in uh, black and white. I think that there's a lot of pushback from all the different avenues because everybody's trying to have their hands in the pot. But to me, it's about a healthcare team team being the key word here is that we all need to be working together. We all have the patient's best interest at heart. And 
there is data out there to support all of this. So we're not just kind of flying by the seat of our pants, if you will, you know, where there's, there's actually data to support the recommendations that we want to make, the changes we want to make. But then in the end too, it also does go back to the patient and becoming that patient healthcare advocate. So we can advocate for them all we want, but really informing the patient of where, where they're at and what their needs are is really what's going to get the job done. Right. So we can give all the data in the world, but the patient really needs to understand that as well. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and the patient's journey changes too over Mm -hmm. time, like that 10 year period, Mm -hmm. she probably, as she aged, may have picked up other conditions, other diagnoses. So we have to factor that all in. Mm -hmm. It's not just a one time diagnosis. This is the treatment plan we're going to continue to follow because there's there's so many variables uh, in each individual patient. So it's um, it, it comes back to personalized precision prescribing, deep prescribing when appropriate and when it, it doesn't make sense for that patient. Education is a key part of this and not just education of the patient, but also the provider. Because a lot of this, this is new stuff, new information. So I think part of our role is to educate the providers on the use of uh, PGX results. It's just one piece of the puzzle. It's not the, the panacea, but it's a piece of the, the data that we really need to take a look at. It's pretty enlightening. I absolutely agree with you. I think, you know, it is definitely a piece of the puzzle and it's, it's the beginning piece, to be honest, for the patients that are on several medications, they're feeling worse than they did before they got on the medication. That's a lot of what I hear. And their idea or their thought when they're getting on these prescriptions is that I'm going to feel better in time. I'm going to feel better. And that's not necessarily the case for a lot of people. And so why is that? It's because, you know, we all heard of the bio-individuality or biochemical individuality, and that's why it's your genes, it's your environment. It's all these different things coming together. So if we can put these pieces together for the patient, then you've got the whole entire healthcare puzzle at their fingertips. And it is about them advocating for themselves and not just being another number Right. And so it's really looking at their numbers, at their their particular things. It's not just a number on a scale anymore. And so that that's what's so exciting for me is to watch this occur. And it is the beginning. It's the future of pharmacy. It's the future of healthcare, where we're actually starting to personalize and individualize the care that that for each individual patient. The other thing you mentioned you're working on. You've written some books, you've written, you know, you've, you've done a a lot of amazing things in such a short period of time, but is providing pharmacists the tools to practice that they, how they want to practice as entrepreneurs. Tell me about some of the excitement you see in talking to your peers in this space about these new journeys that they're going along and blazing new trails. Yeah, no, I love that. So that has become such a huge new passion for me, um, in addition to helping patients become advocates, but it's now helping pharmacists become their own advocates as well. Because I think there's there's so much excitement, but it's a nervous trepidation type of excitement. And a lot of that starts with, uh, you know, how we feel about where we were and how far we've come or not come um, in our profession, depending on how long we've been in this, right? So I've been in 20 plus years. So, you know, I've seen a lot of ups and downs and right now we're in a down period in our profession and we're trying to pull this back up. And I think there's so much excitement to that, but so much nervousness with that as well. And so for me, it's exciting because I get to work with pharmacists on 
getting past it, it's the same concept as patients. Obviously it's like getting past that, that nervousness, um, the mindset around it, but seeing and helping people go ahead and start their own practices, become the entrepreneurs that they want to reclaim their time, reclaim their life, reclaim their health, their own health and wellness. That's been so important. That was my own journey is that I had just really, my health had taken a huge hit from the years of stress and just not really thinking about myself and how I, my wellness actually has to do with helping others. It was just a matter of, I mean, I, I just basically hit rock bottom and I was like, I have to, I have to leave. I have to go do something different. And so I'm glad I took that leap of faith, but helping others through that, I, I want to help others not hit the rock bottom that I did. And I think that there's such a good thing that we can do here. If we can get to people and say, Hey, we've been through this. I know there's a lot. I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one. So if we can band together as a profession and say, Hey, let's, let's get to people before this happens. And then in healthcare itself, right? So watching a lot of my peers and my colleagues go out and make the difference in the areas that they want to. So not everybody's doing diabetes education. It can be anything. There's a myriad of disease states or niches that people can get into. And that's what we work with. So in our program, we work with figuring out what the, the niche is, what's going to fulfill you to get up every morning and get out of bed to do your work, um, mm. to do the work that is set out for you. That's important to start out with. And then kind of going through the motions of what's your target audience? What's the market look like? Where are you on this journey? keep working through the mindset things, but really set up your business in the right way. And that a large part of that came from working with my husband. He does this for a living for other companies. And it wasn't until I worked with him, which by the way, it was really hard to bite the bullet and ask him for help, but I did it. And I'm so glad that I did because it wasn't until I did that, that I, my business started to flourish. And it was really getting, again, the right things done in the right order, um, in the right timing. So and that's how yeah, it works. So you, you built the right foundation from a business venture and that, and they don't really teach much of that in, in school, uh, in pharmacy school. So advocates such as ourselves are the ones who can help, help them along that journey. But once you get that foundation set and it's in place and it's running like a smooth machine, we can spend our time on the, on the work that gives us the reward that we're looking for personally. You know, I've got several cases where I've worked with patients and it's so rewarding just to hear some of the excitement and the ahas that happen. Mm -hmm. And I know you have those same, those same feelings. I mean, when I initially met you, it was, I mean, that's where we clicked because it's like, here's the passion about this and we can make a big impact on one life and two and three and 10,000. Well, I always look at it too, Dave, as far as that impact is. Even that one life, if you get them straight, even as a, whether they're a pharmacist building their own practice or a patient that's needing whatever assist, diabetes assistance, if you get one of those lives in order, how many people are they going to impact because of it? Um, so it's not just what you're able to do, but what are they able to do? And it just multiplies. And I love what you said in my book, the impact pharmacist book, my example or uh, example is about building a house on a foundation, right? So you have two, two ways that you could do this. One, you could build a solid foundation and then put the two by fours up and make sure that the foundation is going to be there for the, for the long haul. Or you could start building a house with the two by fours and then lay the foundation afterwards, which one's going to be more stable for you, right? 
And it, obviously it's the first one. And so it's the one where you build the solid foundation and you start putting up the two by fours and all the insulation and everything else after that. Um, but that foundation is key and that, that works with business and it works with healthcare. Um, and I, I think you can't go wrong either for either of those to build that foundation strong from the, from the get-go. And that's where PGX comes in and really learning uh, what those things are, the, the lifestyle guidance that comes along with it. Yeah, because when you started your practice uh, seven or eight years ago, PGX was in its infancy. It was around, it was talked about, it wasn't adopted very well. Mm-hmm. But that's part of, you have that foundation and it allows you to, to I won't even say pivot, but bring in the breakthrough education into your practice in different means. And, you know, like the tools you use through Genexus is, is helping tremendously and, and streamlining some of that process mm-hmm. that, that took you hours to do before. And now you can do it in minutes and it's dynamic. It's not static. A, a patient's life is not static. Mm-hmm. It's not one report that you make all your decisions based on. It's all the other attributes that continually change through in the variables in a patient's life. So it's, it's not like you see the patient once and you're done. It's you, you follow them along their journey. And I think that's key is, and the most rewarding part of being in this space. Oh, absolutely. I think, um, like you said, it did take, it used to take me hours upon hours to do these reports, but utilizing the software, I mean, that's why I'm excited to be a part of it and to be a part of this journey in the, the PGX world, because it's just, it's helping us to streamline that process and be able to bring more, more value to the healthcare puzzle and to the patients themselves, to be able to have time and energy, to be able to help them along those other with those other aspects of their life. Um, and so, like you said, the, the, I feel like the foundation, if you can, if you can do this and, and you enjoy doing this, this is where the fulfillment part comes in, then you can build that strong foundation of starting with PGX, getting that MTM down pat, and then being able to provide recommendations to start off with, with that. That's a great mm-hmm. place to start. You're already building, uh, I'm going to say you're already building a rapport then with the patient as well as the physician to say, Hey, we're, we're here, we're working on this together and always bringing in that physician involvement is so important because you want this to be a healthcare team. Nobody's trying to step on anybody's toes here. We're all trying to work together. And that's why I call it a puzzle. You, a puzzle is nothing when you just see the pieces out hanging out by themselves. It's when you come together and you find the right pieces in the right order, that's when it all works. And that's when it becomes a, a, a picture, right? Right, so, right. Yeah. I, I see a lot of analogies with building a house. So you, you add these additional modules, right? <laughs> these, these, this new bedroom, this uh, upgrade the windows. Let's put a outdoor kitchen, and <laughs> we continue to build that model. But it's the same type of concept. It and, is. And, it and, is. And you need the general contractors. You need the. Mm-hmm. You need the physicians. You need the oversight. You need those who file the permits. <laughs> you know, I can I can go down all these different analogies, but it's such a rewarding practice to to see some of those impact on the patients. And and for me, it's as rewarding some of the the wins of the collaboration that you have with the providers as well. So we need to break down those barriers between mm-hmm. pharmacy and nursing and pharmacy and physicians and say, you know what, guys, we're on the same team, and this patient's at the center of it. So what can we do together to get this, this one patient to be the best they can be? 
Yeah. And I think, I think the, the huge piece to that is that patient advocate role. It's to say, if you can get that patient empowered, they can help to bring in these different aspects. Um, And that's what I've seen with my patients, my personal patients is that, you know, they're going to their physician saying, Hey, this is who I'm working with. I'm working with Dr. Asha. She's a certified diabetes specialist, you know, these, et cetera, et cetera. And then that's opened up the door to say, okay, let's work together on this. And that has made a world of difference. Well, Dr. Asha, thank you so much for your time this morning. And um, any parting words for, you know, we have clinicians out in our audience, we have genomic researchers, we have pharmacists, any parting words for them? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, Dave. I want to say that we are all here for the overall purpose of helping patients optimize their overall health and well-being. And so if we can pull together as a healthcare team, if we can look at things starting with precision medicine, holistic lifestyle guidance, and just that continuity of healthcare throughout the team, we will just take our healthcare system to the next level. Fantastic. How could our listeners learn more about you or be in touch with you? Yeah. Um, so I am on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, all as um, Dr. Asha Pai Bohannon. And then you can also find me at Pi, P-A-I, wellnessgroup.com is my website. And uh, I look forward to connecting with anybody who wants to further the conversation. And I appreciate your time today, Dave. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Asha. It's been such a pleasure. Yes, it has. Thank you so much.